0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedeker. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Salisbury Center and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. The vision at Middleville is to love God and others, to serve God and community, to share God with the world so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Amen. Announcements. Uh, Resurrection Sunday, we are definitely on, uh, it's a go. So again, in case you forgot, I'm going to announce it every week. We will have sunrise service when the sun comes up, somewhere between probably 6 and 6.15. And yes, the sun will come up that day for us. We will follow up with a breakfast at 7 o'clock at Salisbury Center United Methodist Church. You don't have to get dressed up for any of this. Um, just come as you are. And that right after breakfast we'll have an eight thirty service at Middleville for those of you who want to attend there, and a ten o'clock service at Salisbury. So please make sure your calendar is uh has those in there. We wanna we wanna pack the place. We have we're trying something new this year for the Resurrection Sunday sunrise service, and I'm so excited. I wish it was tomorrow. But we'll get there. Uh, the other thing is a reminder that uh, the United Methodist Men, Upper New York United Methodist Men, uh, they're having a retreat at Camp Aldersgate, and that will be the 29th and 30th of April. If It's awesome. Mark Jones puts on a beautiful, beautiful program. If you have any questions, feel free to call me, and I'll let you know what uh, some of the details are. So I hope to get as many men there as possible. Remember... Iron sharpens iron. This morning's memory verse comes from Psalm 32, 1. Psalm 32, 1. It reads, Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. (laughs) Amen. Let us pray. Father God, you've kept us alive to worship your holy name, and we're gathered here to do that. Thank you for this grace. The psalmist says, I am glad when they said, to to let us go into the house of the Lord, because in your presence there is hope, strength, joy, and peace to live a worthy life. In your presence there is grace sufficient to see us through our journey in you. Father God, fill us with every good thing in Christ. Renew your love in our hearts and let us live our lives for you. We pray that all our words in this service will glorify you and You will be pleased with your service, our service to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me with a call to worship. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed, and I will declare your greatness. Amen. Excuse me. This morning's lady scripture comes from Isaiah 58, 1 through 12. Isaiah 58, 1 through 12. It reads this way. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob, their sins. Yet day after day they seek me, and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness, and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments, they delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves? But you do not notice. Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We turn to our joys and concerns and testimonies. I wish you were here tomorrow. We have a wonderful testimony that's going to be given by one of our parishioners. Um, It's that miracle that we expect, right? We expect miracles. We recognize miracles. That part's already done. Tomorrow we're going to celebrate a miracle, a miracle of healing. Somebody who's been going through a a cancer scare um, had... There were complications couldn't do a biopsy of the normal way, so we had to go into surgery uh quite you know how it goes long prolonged I should say, and uh praise God, she came out cancer free it It's benign, so we're going to celebrate that tomorrow and i I hope there's tears in the in the congregation because so many people have gone through this, and uh one of the cool things is. That she 's been able to share her journey with a with a friend of hers uh, that she works with is' going through the exact same thing right we had said that that god doesn 't just comfort us to be comfortable he comforts us to make us comfort able and she 's been able to take her journey and share that with with a friend and um together put their faith into Christ so I am so excited for tomorrow. I wish you were here uh joys obviously that 's a joy um we have some healings besides that that were done. People that uh, that were sick on our prayer list and they've they've since come off the prayer list. We're thankful for that. Um, concerns. We have uh, several people that are still in a hospital. One is being transferred to Cooperstown tomorrow uh, for a for a, a major operation. We want to keep her lifted. God knows who they are. Um, so. Please, just continue in prayer. Please, please, please continue in prayer. Just lift up the people in the community, the congregation. Uh, Like I said, God knows who they are, even if we don't uh, name them every time. So let us go to the Lord. Gracious God, who knows the deepest places of our hearts, forgive us when we forget we're fearfully and wonderfully made, when we pretend you are not at the end of all our searching, and when we give ourselves over to the whatever of our culture. Remind us that your knowledge of us is wondrous and not punitive, and that we are defenseless against your love. Continue to seek us out even as we seek your face. Heavenly Father, you say that we should ask you for whatever we need. To those who ask, it will be given. To those who seek, it will be found. To those who knock, the door will be opened. We ask you for healing and recovery today for those in need. You are the God of all hope, and we look to you in our time of need. You are the healing God. We ask you to please bring healing. You are the comforter. We ask you to please bring comfort. You are the spring of living water. Help us find life in all its fullness in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The title to this morning's message is Your Light Shall Rise in the Darkness. Your Light Shall Rise in the Darkness. Last week, we looked at the word perfect as it was written in Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. I asked the question, why would Jesus command us to be perfect when he knew it was impossible? What exactly did Jesus mean? He knew then and he knows now that humanity is unable to be perfect as God is perfect because we're flesh. I began my research by looking up the word perfect in Strong's concordance. The Greek word used is teleos and it does not mean perfect in the English sense as in no mistakes. The concordance translates the word perfect in this scripture as complete in the application of moral character. So, we could correctly read this verse as be complete as your heavenly father is complete. Jesus is asking that we be complete, that we imitate our heavenly father, that we keep moving and growing and doing our best to become more and more like him, more Christ-like. What he's asking for is spiritual maturity, to grow in our faith and to bear the fruit of our faith. This section of the Sermon on the Mount is about how we should love, and especially how we should love our enemies. Jesus is telling us we can and will eventually be able to love our enemies as perfectly and completely as God does. Be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Now, this is a perfect segue to our goals during this Lenten season. If you remember, we agreed to spend time Uh, preparing our hearts for the resurrection of Christ by making changes in our lives to bring us closer to God, to help us be complete as God is. This is a time to confess our sins and remove things that distract us so we can focus on Jesus and embrace him with a whole heart, a renewed heart. We said that Lent should be a time of reflection, self-analysis, and consideration of what we believe and truly stand for as Christians. We all agreed we should focus on simple living, personal prayer, and fasting to grow closer to God. Billy Graham once said, "'We are not just called to become Christians. We're called to be Christians. We're not just called to become Christians. We're called to be Christians. We're called to not just talk the talk. We are called to walk the walk of our Christian faith. As we see in today's scripture reading of Isaiah, God had a problem with the Jews' piety and inward disobedience. As we read the history of God's people, we see this cycle throughout all the books, where they cry out for help, God saves them, then they forget, they go astray, and find themselves in trouble again. And God saves them again, of course. Now, on a side note, I don't know about the rest of you, but my life has pretty much followed that same course. That sea, saw faith that sees me strong for a time, for a period, and then some desert time comes into my life, and somehow I, I lean back into the world. I cry out for help like the Jews did. God saves me and helps me back, get back on track. Now, I don't want to stray. I don't want to spend any time in the desert, but it happens. I'm flush. I'm human. But what I have learned is the fastest way to get out of the desert is to get back to the basics, to read more and to pray more, to do that self-analysis and question what my priorities are, to once again identify Christ as my only hope. And may I just say, it certainly helps to have so many brothers and sisters that pray for me and support me. No, wait a minute. This sounds just like what our objectives are during the Lenten season, to lean in closer to God, to try and be more Christ-like, and to not only talk the talk, but walk the walk, bearing good fruit in the name of Christ, giving Him all the glory. Well, today's scripture reading condemns the Jews' practice of fasting. They claimed to keep the fast, but did not practice peace and justice in their lives. Here we have God condemning them, calling them out on their hypocrisy, much like Jesus did in Matthew 23, 27 through 28. Jesus said, "'Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they're full of the bones of the dead and all kinds of filth. So you also on the outside look righteous to others.' but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. What we see here are people going through the motions. They appear to be obedient when in fact their fruit bears quite the opposite. In Isaiah 58, 6-7, through seven, we hear God ask his people, Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of justice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Now, God is not saying that fasting is a bad thing, of course. He's saying fasting with the wrong intent or purpose is a bad thing. The same way with anything else we do for ourselves or for others to admire, instead of doing it to honor God and give him the glory. In verses 8 through 9, we hear God promise them what the results of their true fast will be. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He continues his promise in verses 9 through 11. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of the evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. I don't know about you, but I love the way God makes his promises. God told his people and us that if our fruit is worthy, our light shall rise in the darkness We heard that before in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, we hear Jesus tell us, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, he said, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I'm thinking these words can give us a clear direction during this season of Lent. We're called to let our light shine before others, to bear good fruit, to reflect Christ in all we say and all we do. So what might that look like? Well, Becky Jenkins from Salisbury Center came up with what I think is a perfect Lenten calendar for us to use as a guide to get closer to God and to be more Christ-like. Now, let me say this right away for those of you who are listening at home. If you email me, I will email this calendar to you. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be handing them out to everybody in the church and pray that, of course, they're going to use them. But again, this is a guide for us to get closer to God and to be more Christ-like and it gives us a chance to walk the walk of Christianity. It helps us to avoid being whitewashed tombs as we go about our daily lives. Becky's calendar provides suggestions to be intentional in areas such as reading certain books of the Bible, prayer time, smiling at children, praying for others, complimenting a stranger, encouraging others, donating something to charity, and and she has many more ideas that that are written down. The intent is for us to do as many things as possible on that calendar throughout the week with the goal of showing the light of Christ, focusing on others, lightening the yoke of those in need, and showing others that we are Christians by our love. I believe it's an excellent tool to help us grow internally and externally. It's a perfect addition to our Lenten goal of reflecting on what Christ did for us out of love and then sharing that love with others. It's a chance to grow in our walk with Jesus and teach us to be intentional in our fruit bearing, something that will manifest in our lives far beyond the season of Lent. Ron Hutchcraft said, I must act like Jesus. I need to respond like Jesus. No matter what my circumstances, no matter how I'm being treated, there's no excuse for losing my temper or being harsh or compromising my integrity or acting selfish or flirting with sin, being too busy for people who need me because Jesus has staked his reputation on his ambassador." I believe this calendar will help us. It gives us ideas on how to, quote, remove the yoke from among us, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, to offer our food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, as God calls us to do. And when we trust him, and then we, we trust him when he promises us that our light, our light shall rise in the darkness and our gloom be like the noonday. As Christians, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Dale Carnegie wrote, You can make more friends in two months by showing interest in others than you can in two years by trying to get others interested in you. Let me say that again from Dale Carnegie. You can make more friends in two months by showing interest in others than you can in two years by trying to get others interested in you. It's not about us, brothers and sisters. We are called to be the light in the world, the light in the darkness. Micah 6, eight reminds us, he has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Let us take advantage of this season and humble ourselves before the Lord, thanking him for his sacrifice and bearing fruit worthy of our repentance. Philippians 2.4 challenges us to let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. I believe this calendar is a great way of bearing good fruit for the benefit of ourselves and others who desperately need to feel some type of love in this hateful world. Allow me to end today's message with one more quote. This one is from Mary Ann Williamson. She wrote, Success means we go to sleep at night knowing that our talents and abilities were used in a way that served others. Success means we go to sleep at night knowing that our talents and abilities were used in a way that served others. Just let it be so, Lord. My prayer this week is that we all accept the challenge, that calendar challenge, not only during Lent, But for the rest of our lives. Let us pray. Father God, when we leave here today, open our spiritual ears so we may be able to hear in the Spirit and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit throughout the week. Help us to continue looking up to you every day, even when life does not make sense. Father, we pray that you will not allow the enemy to steal the joy of our salvation that you filled in our hearts. We come against strife and contention that usually crops up when people leave worship meetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to remain humble in everything we do so that your light may shine upon men through us. May we become useful vessels that bring glory to your name. Help us to continue fixing our gaze on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We move, uh, oh, I'm sorry, let me read this first. When we realize how much we receive from a loving God, our gratitude pours forth an eagerness to share the good news with the world. Our offerings help us to share Christ's love in our communities. We move to the offering, and as you can tell, I'm excited. I'm always excited uh, to get to this part, whether it's over the Internet or in person. I am so excited about the obedience of of. The Christians that hear this message that that come to church, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. They are making such a difference in the community. I know the family whose house burnt down uh there's going to be a a benefit for them at hilltop Fire Department, and uh the Salisbury Church is donating uh gift cards to the family to help them through these times um Somebody just brought up last night that there's there's a uh, a person in the community going through some type of major operation, uh, and, and there's some travel time going on, and um, the admin council has voted to, to take money and give to the family to help with the gas, especially today with the, the price of gas. So that money that you're giving, brothers and sisters, isn't just sitting inside this church. That money's coming in and it's going out the way it's intended to be. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us pray. Father God, as we bring our gifts this day, we do so in the humble gratitude and recognition that any and all blessings in our life come as your gift of grace. We pray all this in the name of your greatest gift, Jesus, our Redeemer. Amen. As we go out and share the good news this week, may we keep God's word on our lips and in our hearts. May we meet both friends and enemies with the same forgiveness and grace. Our Lord shows us. And now receive the benediction. May the love of God be the passion in your heart and the joy of God be your strength when times are hard. May the presence of God give you a peace that overflows and may the word of God be the seed you sow to everyone you encounter. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, God bless each and every one of you. Please stay safe and please stay in his word. God bless you all.